You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Brent McCoy. Good evening, guys. Chris Scales. Hey, Mike. David Hall. Hello. Mason Stiver. Hey, Mike. Tony Groves. Good evening, guys. And special guest Nathan Stewart. Evening, everyone. Welcome. All right, guys. Welcome. And uh, shout out to David Hall, who's now officially on the team. So uh, thanks, David, for joining us. And uh, But let's get to know Nathan Stewart. Uh, thanks for coming on the podcast today. Uh, let's start out and get to know you a little bit with our questions. Uh, what brought you to iRacing and how did you hear about it? I've been eyeing iRacing for quite a long time because I've heavily been into NASCAR and such. I've seen iRacing's involvement with NASCAR and I've always wanted to get it but never had a laptop to do so. Recently, I got a laptop for my 18th birthday and figured, oh, I can install iRacing on this. Then my buddy Matt came to me and was like, hey, I want to start a league association. Now we've started an Xfinity B-Class Oval League that's going to run on Tuesday nights. And that's basically what sealed the deal for me coming to iRacing. All right, very good. So you had to get a computer uh, to make that happen? Yeah. All right, very good. Um, how often are you racing? Uh, you told us about your league, uh, but are you racing official, or what else are you racing, and how often are you running a week? Um, since I just started about a little over a week ago, I've been racing every day, multiple sessions a day. After I got promoted to D-Class, I waited a couple days and bought the K&N National Cars. I bought Chicago Land and Bristol along with them. Lately, I've been racing D-Class fixed it at Chicago Land and actually picked up my first uh, win last night, too. Holy cow. Now, okay, let me get this straight. So you're like brand new to iRacing. You just started October 31st on Halloween, and uh, today is uh, mid September, uh, mid-November, or early November, uh, November 8th. So you've only been on it just a few days, and so that's kind of one of the reasons we wanted to bring you on, is get a perspective of that. Uh, you've been on just for a few days, and tell us what you think so far, and what was your interaction with the community uh, since you've been involved? Personally, I've had a really good welcome and response into the community even though with me being new. When I first started out, I had an Xbox controller, and that was it. I made a couple posts on Facebook asking for tips for a controller user. Then eventually, someone named Chris came along and was like, hey, I have this Thrustmaster TMX that I want to give away. And with you being in college and going to move to a big university next year, I figured with your commitment to education and money being tight, I'm just going to give you this TMX as like an early Christmas present, late birthday present. And 
that really made me feel welcome into the community. Really has really helped me learn the physics and the cars and all that. That is an awesome story. So you you come into iRacing and immediately somebody offers you a free wheel. And uh, so it just like showed up at your house? They just shipped it to you? Yeah. Uh, asked me for my address and sent me the wheel and actually in- included about 200 racing cards from 1991 in the box also. <laughs> well, that's pretty cool. Uh I don't know if that happens to every user that starts on iRacing, but it is kind of a unique story. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right, very good. Um, let's talk about what other equipment do you have? Um, you, you know, you talked about the wheel. What do you have for the pedals, uh, computer? How many monitors do you have? Uh, what about VR goggles, third-party software besides iRacing? As for all that, right now I'm just stuck on the stock Thrustmaster TMX pedals. I'm actually racing on a Lenovo IdeaPad 330 for like college and such. Yep. But I'm but I'm making it work. Well, that's the thing. I mean, when people first start, it's always that way. I mean, when I first started, I was on a laptop sitting at a glass desk and all I bought was the G27 wheel to go with it. And uh, I was sitting at a desk chair, and that's usually where most people start. And uh, But anyway, that's pretty cool. Uh, and so far, you let's talk about what is your most memorable iRacing moment? Um, you mentioned you got a win. Uh, yeah, right now that actually would be my most memorable iRacing moment. <clears throat> because last night... I did several, I did quite a few sessions at Chicagoland lately. I always qualified like front row and always ended up getting wrecked out by like a lapped car or something else happening, like major lag or just something out of the blue happens. Then last night in the 1045 session, I was able to qualify on pole with the three with a 31.7 then I managed to lead every lap and took home the dominant win well in that series that's the way to do it you have to qualify up front there's you know no such thing as cautions and you just gotta keep that track position good job um yeah looking at your stats page right now and you probably don't even realize that there is a stats page but there is and uh it says that your winning percentage in oval is actually uh, a career best uh, 3.3%, which is actually pretty good. That's a, a good average to have. Uh, you have one win and 30 starts in oval. You got seven dirt oval starts and four road starts. So it looks like you've started more on the oval than the road, but you've tried the road. So what do you think? Are you an oval driver or what? Or I definitely consider myself an oval driver because that's what I've grown up with. That's what I grew up racing on like the PlayStation 2. I have I have every NASCAR game from NASCAR Thunder 2003 up to NASCAR Heat Evolution. Well, you're in the right place then. So, good job on that on the a good start on the stats. So, uh keep it up. Yeah, I'm definitely going to try.
All right, very good. Um, and so, what is your uh, initial reaction so far? Let's let's you know wrap it up with that. As far as the sim itself, does it feel realistic? Do you, does it feel like a game? Do you does it feel arcadey, or is it really hard and this car is super tough? So my best example I can give you is car at Chicago Lands. Chicago Land is a very bumpy track, especially on the inside line. On like on a qualifying run, goal is to get down to the bottom, run as fast as possible. Transition. Okay, first off, the transition in the trioval banks banking onto the, that is a lot rougher than I expected. First time I tried the transition in practice, I came back up and actually spun out because I wasn't expecting it to be so hard. Then, practicing qualifying laps, I got down to the inside line on turns three and turns three and four, and some of the bumpiest. It was the bumpiest thing I've ever experienced so far. Yeah, and, you know, a track like that, you got to pick and choose where those bumps are. It, it does make a difference. And later in the run, as the tires wear off, you have to move up. That way you can keep running consistent laps and such. Tire fall off in the D-class cars there. It'll be about a second and a half by the end of the race. and. You're anywhere between the middle line and the outside wall because you just can't get down to the middle. It does feel like a simulator. Yep. And uh, you're in a good car to learn. Uh, that's that's a great car to be in um, if you're coming up through ovals. Then you'll move on to the trucks, the B car, the A car. The A car has tons of power, and it, it's really hard to drive. So, yeah, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to iRacing. Thank you. I'm, I'm very glad to be here. All right, very good. Let's jump into topics, but first, let's talk about the OBRL, Old Bastards Racing League, It was uh, which we do sponsor their Monday night iRacing Lounge, iRacers Lounge ARCA series. It had the largest field of the season at Chicagoland with 40 drivers. Uh, a great race with Robert Vinning winning his first race in the league. Newcomer Jason Swan finished second and captured the Hard Charger Award, gaining 32 spots, with John Held finishing third. Joel Kilborn continues to lead the standing. Next week, Bristol. Uh, professional podcaster Tony Groves finished 21st, gaining nine spots, and Chris Scales started 21st and finished 28th after being DQ'd. <sighs> so how'd that race go? You go ahead and start, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you might want to lead with that one. Uh, <laughs> um, professional podcaster. I love it. Steve is hilarious. Um, you know what? Uh, I tell you that that race, it was it, it was a good race. It was it was a real nice uh, change from from the previous week at uh, South Boston. Um, you know, it not too many cautions at all. I think maybe two or three two or three cautions um 
you know, this, this track kicked my butt. Uh, <laughs> 21st was, was all I had. That was exactly uh, where I deserved to be. I couldn't run any, any better than that. Um, you know, and I'll chalk that up to just, uh, <laughs> these guys are good. And, you know, I, I didn't put near the amount of practice in. I, I, uh, I, I should have, um, but, uh, you know, my, my race is good. It, we're, we're right back to that, you know, um, side by side racing uh, and for, you know, laps at a time. And it's just something I am, I'm not used to, um, you know, running bottom split NIS all the time. Um, but it's just, uh, the, the, well, the, that car well, lends to it. Yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But I mean, you know, there's like 10 lap stretches. I'm like right beside the guy and we're not gaining on each other until one of us, uh, you know, makes a mistake. And, um, you know, that mistake doesn't mean, you know, we're wiping out the whole field or wiping out the guy beside you. Just we're, we're just losing speed and the guy takes a position. Um, and that, that, that's why I joined this league. Uh, you know, I, I only came in 21st, but I had such a great time. It was, it was so much fun racing. Yeah. Good racing. Right. And then yes. Chris, you uh, direct pops, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I had a, I had a rough race. Kind of like Tony, I didn't get uh, enough practice. I, I ran the um, the Reddit League race with a street stock or a dirt street stock race with Phil Linden Sunday night instead of practicing, and paid for it. Just like Tony said, man, we kind of went into this race and we're like, all right, man, this is. You know, we drive the A car and these big tra- these big tracks all the time. Maybe we're not, you know, we're not quite good enough on the brakes on the short tracks, but. You know, we'll get them here. You know, we'll, we'll have some decent finishes, and yeah, we we got our butts kicked. But like like Tony said, it was the racing was awesome, and I I probably most of the time we're probably racing maybe around between tenth and twentieth. Um, but you'd never know it because it's not like NIS where you're spending half the time under caution and and seeing okay, well I'm running twelfth, should I stay out and you know maybe gain these spots, do this, do that. Instead, you're, you're you're racing for 75 laps, so you have no clue where you're at. At least I don't half the time. <laughs> you know, look, I might be in 20th, and then you know I'm just racing my ass off for 50 laps, and I look down, I'm in 25th or I'm in 11th. You know, it's just the, the racing is so good, lap after lap. But and I yeah, I kept it clean, um, took care of the car most of the race. I actually don't know. I don't even. I can't remember where I got the other um, X's from, honestly. But um, uh, we we had a lot of green flag racing and then a caution with maybe, I don't know if you remember, Tony, it might have been like 15 laps, 20 laps to go, something like that. And we, uh, I just, I had fresh tires. We had one guy that stayed out on old tires and uh, there was a bunch of us that went a lap down under the uh, the tire cycle. And so I went, I was planning on staying out along with a bunch of us. We had one guy that stayed out and trapped us a lap down and I was toward the end of that, so I went ahead and took tires and was quick, you know, obviously with my new tires. And I got up between, and I, I just, you can't, it's hard to pass, you know, when everybody's racing side by side so hard. At the end of the race, it's time to go. And I tried to cut between two cars and take it three wide, even though it, it probably wasn't the best move, you know, because it was time to go in my book. And, I and as soon as I hit the gas, instead of diving between them, I pushed up into Bill Keener, yeah, pops, and took him out. And God, that, yeah, that sucks. I mean, I don't want to wreck anybody, but 
I race around him a lot. He's a great guy, and it's, yeah, that sucks, man. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I want. Yeah. Let me. Uh, I want to chime in on this real quick. I was actually in there with Chris and uh, Tony, watching them do this, and just for as a newcomer coming in and, and watching this league race for the first time. It is some of the most impressive league race racing I've probably seen. You know, the side by side action is clean. The uh, it's organized extremely well from a newcomer's perspective. You get in some leagues and it's it's a mess. There's people talking all over each other. Not this one. They 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 have that meeting before the race, drivers meeting. They all get in there. They do their thing, qualifying, and then they go to race and it's organized and even under cautions, you don't have people bickering back and forth to one another. And even though we though we were at Chicagoland. It's a wide track. You would think people would be able to get away from each other. The racing was extremely close, and it was extremely exciting to watch from the spotter's stand. So I told uh, I told Chris, I said, you know, don't beat yourself up for getting into him. You know what happens? That's a, that's a product of close racing, and I think that's a product of close, clean racing. So it was just very enjoyable to see that in a league race. Nice. All right, let's keep moving. Uh, let's jump to topics. Uh, Brent, you're up first. New tracks. All right, we discussed the um, Sakuba circuit last week on the podcast, and we just got word that Charlotte is also with the Roval is coming, and they are going to be free tracks, free of charge. Their Charlotte is going to be a brand new repaved scan track. Even the oval portion of it is brand new. So between that and Sakuba circuit, it's all part of the base content for every new iRacer that uh, comes into the league. Got a couple pictures of Sakuba up on the iRacers um, forums post. Looks extremely clean. It's going to be fun to race these two, especially the oval with the um, with the uh, blue turtles that are there going through the chicanes and everything. Looking forward to it. Yeah, they released high-res photos, too, on the forums of these uh, tracks, of that new track. And uh, I think it's cool that it, they announced it. It's free for both of them. So uh, it's not always about money, people. They are adding stuff to the uh, base package. So that's kind of cool. All right, let's keep moving. Day, night. I'm going to take this one. There's a bunch of information. There's a huge forum post about day-night transitions, which it sounds like we're definitely getting in December. And I'm going to read some of the quotes that we thought were worthy uh, about day-night. Okay, here we go. Yes, you will be able to use this feature at any track. However, there will be flashing up a dynamic warning if a track is not set up for the night lighting and you extend the session into the night. We also know that cars have headlights, so that will be factored in as well. Keep in mind the downside of that is with certain car and track combos, you could kick off a hosted session and it could turn into total darkness. Uh, next is, hey David, please, could you confirm if track grip will be simulated accurately with the rain when it's released? He says, as in well, the rubbered in line will have less grip than the outer line. The outer line on most tracks is usually rougher due to lower wear, and as I'm sure you know, no other simulator comes close to getting this right. And he says, yes, we will be doing it the right way physically. In fact, Dan already is working on that piece. You'll be searching for grip around the track. The overall surface model allows us to do that. Why it took us a while to build it. So he's basically confirming that they're working on rain. Uh, the, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, that's <laughs> pretty awesome that they're, uh, they just keep adding. I mean, obviously, I, I would rather see some of this stuff actually make it to the sim. 
before they keep talking about it. But the stuff that they're bringing is, is so ridiculous. We we already have such a great product, and I just hope I don't need a video card for all this stuff. But you know, if I mean, rain in games, there's a lot. It's kind of uh, overdone, I think. But the games that do it well, it looks really nice and it's really cool and and has a, a big effect on the the racing. And you know, with anything I racing, they always do it better than anything else I've ever played. So if they're gonna do rain, what's that gonna be like? Yeah, and let's get into weather. Uh, he goes on to say the air pressure is set, but doesn't change at the moment with air temp, but does with altitude. So when the revamped weather system goes in, it will do more of those realistic behaviors as time passes. Not sure how much of the improvements we'll get in for December. Uh, Dan has been tweaking the track temp calculations, and we now have the cloud shadows factoring into them. But if they are still off, I'm sure we will keep improving the sim as we get closer over time. Oh, right, and the sun is now in the correct spot. That makes a huge difference. And so we got weather, we got rain, we got cloud cover affecting track temp. I mean, this is big. This is going to be a good build if it has all this stuff in it. Like I said, and it doesn't destroy our video cards and make everybody, you know, the racing unraceable for a bunch of us. Man, it sounds like a lot to add, but man, it's going to be so cool. And not yet, yeah, like not just for the uh, the effects of it, but what it'll do to the racing. And so if you have like a Coke 600 and you want to do it in half distance, you can actually speed up the, the day night transition to be twice as fast to match it. I'm wondering if they'll ever add the same option for fuel burn off in tire wear. Well, then it wouldn't be realistic. I mean, it'd be, that would be a little weird. But they, but I did read something about that. They also released some pictures, some high-res pictures of what it kind of looks like. Um, and so the cloud covers are kind of cool, but they're still working on it. The dusk and dawn pictures are the nicer-looking ones. All right, Chris, you're next. Spotter view. Yeah, man, I'm really glad you took that last one. I was a little worried I was going to get stuck with that giant day-night one. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, I had a uh, yeah. My uh, my spacebar is pushed to talk. Was kind of screwing up trying to browse a web page. Um, but yeah, the uh, the next is a post from Mark Pickford on the the forums that uh want to know is uh, when it comes to exiting the car, is there a setting that will place us in live replay mode rather than some point in the past? Many of the time, I have exited the car during a driver swap and forgotten that I'm watching that I'm not watching the race live. It can be embarrassing when spotting for the current driver. Yeah, that's happened to me before. Has that happened to you guys when you're spotting somebody and you realize you're on a replay? I've had it happen for the guy spotting for me. He'll yell about a wreck that I've already dodged 20 seconds ago. Right. I think it's a good, I think it should go to live. I don't know why they go to replay. I mean, it's kind of weird. Yeah, and like I said, I'm having a little issue browsing the, the article, but I know there was somebody from the iRacing staff did chime in and point out that if you're spotting for somebody, you ought to be actually spotting for them and not using that replay anyway, obviously, because there's a little bit of a delay for anybody that didn't know that. 
But yeah, that's just such a that's just a weird quality of life thing. It's just yeah, just fix it because it doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, they're looking at putting an option for the app I and I to set that to zero seconds for replay. Yeah, yeah. So that's perfect. Yeah, because I think everybody's probably done that. I've done that a million times. When the other I, thing, back I mean, out, I think it's live. what you just said is that he confirms it's one second delay if you're just ghosting, okay? And he says if you're spotting, there's no, you, you want to be spotting, there's no delay, but if you're ghosting, there is a delay of one second. Yeah, that's kind of cool to see that, yeah, it's just one second. Because it's always, uh, we've always felt though that there was a delay, and you could tell that you didn't really want to spot from there, but I know that I've done, uh, you know, tell me when you pass the start finish line, <laughs> kind of thing. Trying to figure out the delay. All right, David Hall, World of Outlaw champ, getting recognition. Yeah, we've got a few tweets of our World Outlaw champion ZL Racing Twenty Four. That's uh, Zach Lee and Hardy. Uh, it's he's on the stage at the World Finals, uh, and there's several tweets on there. Uh, you can see him getting uh, his award. Um, or there's actually another one here. Yo, he joined. Actually, he joins Ben Geisler on stage, um, and it's for the first late model esports championship trophy. Nice and then, trophy. Mm-hmm. And we got that. Got that post got retweeted by Dale Jr., who uh, pointed out that iRacing is the pinnacle of all sim racing. Period. <laughs> Dale always takes a, a every opportunity he can to talk us up. He needs to do it on the NBC broadcast, so that's the only place I don't think I've heard it yet. Do it often. <laughs> well, well yeah. he, there may be some uh, sponsorship dollar issues there. Yeah, probably. Well, they use it in the the show. Oh yeah, Parker Kleerman. He's a he's a regular in that thing. Yeah, but they they want to get paid for every mention. Now I don't know if we have another link, Mason, somewhere else, but I thought there was a link that also showed him. With Clint Boyer, uh, and he actually spent some time with Clint Boyer, and he did some laps with him. Uh, Zach is actually an actual super dirt late model driver already, and so he got the opportunity to go, uh, you know, hang out with Clint as part of his package that he won. So yeah, congratulations. Well, how about that trophy? I mean. That's something else. Like that's a really nice looking trophy. I mean, yeah, that's like as proper as it gets, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's anything you'd see at, at you know any of the uh, you know the actual pros winning. That's that that's really nice. All right, Mason, you got the next one. Probably the big story of the week. Oh boy! All right, so we got the. Uh... One of the iRacing uh, VPs of art production, uh, Greg Hill, he has a video up of the Pro 2 truck preview. It's a dirt truck. Um, it's it's a little bit different than the trophy truck. The trophy truck is asphalt, but uh, he has him on the sim here going through some jumps and, and around the corner sliding sideways on the dirt. So it's a pretty cool video. Yeah, and it's also a new track. So it's we it's a new track and a, a new car. It's the Wild West Motorsports Park, and uh, uh, it's in Sparks, Nevada, and that's going to be a new track coming uh, along with this new truck. And uh, it's pretty cool to watch the video and kind of see. 
they just kind of have the the tracks floating in air because you can't they don't have any of the artwork done besides the track it's kind of neat to see it as a work in progress i'm really looking forward to these things i love love i don't really follow them much in real life but man i've loved racing these things and catching them when i do see them think about those with the motion rig that'd be a blast yeah and man um and with the uh, the damage model, when that comes out, these things are perfect for it because that's probably one of the coolest things about these trucks is the way they kind of shed body parts as they're racing. Right. All right. Well, that's uh, something to look forward to. Um, now, obviously, that's going to be adding to the, the ladder system for the A or for the road, excuse me, the dirt road system which is currently like the rally cars, right? Rally cross. And so rally cross will be the beginning car. And then this truck will probably be the next license level above it. Right. You would think that should be fun too. I mean, it's another good excuse to, uh, to drive the rally cars. If they, that's, uh, those are a lot of fun. I just kind of fell off on them because there's not really a good reason to drive them in my opinion. Well, it doesn't lead anywhere. It, you know, yeah. it doesn't lead to the next level up and that kind of thing because there isn't one. So this is the next level up. Get more jumps. <laughs> yeah. If you guys like to jump, this will be uh, right up your alley. So, man, it's cool that because it was just a few years ago, iRacing was only this simply pavement, oval, and road, and that's it. And now we have all these other disciplines, you know. We need more drivers. That's the only thing. Hopefully, um, all this esports stuff and that what NASCAR is doing. We need more people on the sim. That way, there's plenty of people to race all this stuff. So it doesn't matter if you want to go race those trucks or you want to race the GRC stuff, whatever it's called now. I mean, that's the only one problem. The more stuff you have, you're spreading people too thin. Yep, and that's happened already. So, all right, Tony Groves, uh, you're a Chevy guy, right? Well, uh. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got the Chevy story. I got the Chevy story. I, I, I'm not a Chevy guy. I'm not a Ford guy. I'm not any of them. I just, whatever looks cool, that's the one I'm going after. But, uh, you know, NASCAR, they, they posted on on Instagram a first look at the new uh, Chevy offerings for uh, for the trucks. They've got, they got a new truck and a new Xfinity car coming um, for 2019. All right. Well, that means uh, they'll be updated in iRacing as well. Uh, what do you guys think? Would you buy it? I Take would definitely my money. buy it. I think they're both really sharp. Yeah, all about Take that Chevy. Yeah, have you seen the, the real-life ones? Really sharp. I like the, the body style, the 2019 Silverado. I'm personally... I'm excited to see both on track next year yeah yeah so the way it works nathan is uh nascar will come out with a new body style like this and then iRacing will get it pushed out like six months later like after they actually can get their hands on one from one of the actual nascar teams and scan it they literally laser scan it and everything and then they'll build it and then we'll get it like six months later so but don't let that stop you from buying the, the truck or the B car because another thing, cool thing they do is they'll, uh, once that does come out, if it's in the next year or so, you'll still get it for free if you bought that old one. 
User in your channel timed out. Okay. Uh, let's keep moving. I'll get the next one here. Uh, I got. I saw a tweet from at. Uh, excuse me. I saw a tweet from at iRacing Nation, and it reminded me about the last lap pass at Martinsville by Joey Logano, uh, that just barely moved him up a little bit in the last corner and go on and take the win. And, and we channel. didn't really talk about it, so I wanted to bring it up on the podcast because it seemed like after that happened at Martinsville, uh, the community in NASCAR pretty much you know deemed that acceptable racing, and so it's a good and called it a good move. And so now I want to ask in the sim, does it is it still a good move in the sim, or is this a protestable offense what Joey Logano did to win that Martinsville race? Oh, yeah. it's acceptable. Yes, hundred percent. I agree. If you're going, if you're going for a win, I don't even have an issue with what Joey Logano did back at Martinsville. You know, if um, if you're going for the win and you can move them out of the way without wrecking them, I don't see an issue with that. Yeah, he I mean, was just I, trying I to rattle his cage. Move. I was there. I, it was it was a great move. I love watching, watching from the stands, it. right, David? Yeah, I was sitting in turn four. And so, you know, so David, you have to wa- you were probably watching them go round and round for the 10 laps before that as, you know, Martin was just painstakingly getting him getting around him a very cleanly, right? And then I mean, did you expect that that was going to happen? Do you think Martin was just getting set up the whole time? I mean, what were you thinking? Martin got around him in turn two uh, on the lap before, and I was just thinking passed him too soon, almost like a Talladega kind of situation. I knew that he was not going to get away from him. He did race him kind of clean. He probably would have been better off if he'd actually nudged him a little. And Joey had no problem nudging and getting nudged. I mean, he's been punted around many times. Um, when Brad, one of the late runs, Brad Kazdowski jumped out to the lead. He immediately came in and just shoved Joey right out of the way, and that was with still 30 or 40 laps to go. That's just a product of the racing. So if uh, Martin protested him to Nim Cross, what would Nim Cross do? What would he say? Hopefully tell him just to suck it up and, and try again next time. Racing incident, right? Yeah, it'd be a fancy legalese letter that basically says, we believe it was a racing incident. Thank you for your yep. Yeah, I'd, I'd send him a letter back saying there's an easy <laughs> solution to this whole thing. And that is stay far enough in front of them so you don't or you so you aren't put in that position. Yeah. No, it was a good move. Uh, I'd say in NASCAR, even in sim racing, it's a good move. Um, especially it's at the end of the race, the last corner. I mean, he didn't dump him. Now, if he dumped him, that, that that's a different thing almost. Yeah, because the same thing happened uh, the year before Chase got dumped and they're in Virginia. The entire crowd, including myself, was was booing Denny. All right, Brent McCoy, you're next. All right, I'm going to need your help on this one, Mike. I know this is related to the um, Australian server issue, and just a, a brief description of it from what I understood. It's it's a third party issue, not a connection between a difference or a connection with iRacing, but iRacing's internet service provider and the Australian network. Am I kind of correct on that? There's a compatibility issue in there well it's a routing issue and so what happened is the move to the boston server 
means there's a new ISP for iRacing. And so the internet that's provided to that Boston data center. And then that ISP it, uh, has a level above it that is called Cogent. And so Cogent communicates with the internet. And so in Australia, they have ISP and then they have Telestra is what they call it, or Telstra. And uh, this company called Telstra is the one that puts Australia on the internet is the way I understand it. And so it's the routing between Cogent and Telstra is going some weird way, which is making uh, the connection not as good as it used to be before the data center move. And so uh, basically there's a forum post about it. They are working on it. They are talking to all the different parties involved to try to figure out a solution. And it's just a work in progress at this point. The so Australian server is the only server that's having an issue like this, correct? Right. It's just their routing to us, and that's what's uh, affected. Is It used to be faster, and now it's not, and it's because of our data center move. So it's... um. It doesn't matter if you're John Q or if you're iRacing, you still have to deal with crappy ISPs, basically. Is there the internet company that's causing the problems? Yeah, or the level above the internet company. Because those ISPs don't hook directly to the internet. They hook to these other companies called Le like Level 3 and Cogent and Telstra. And they're the ones who actually uh, make the internet work. Gotcha. The backbone providers. Right. They say they found some of the problems through Traceroute and are working on it. Okay, I'm going to jump to David Hall for the next one because I know you watched this, the BBC video. It was definitely a video covering a driver that, that was up and coming, won several championships on karting and, moved, and was working his way up into F1 and basically ran out of money and and ended up switching over to iRacing and has been pushing his career to do that. And it covered the experience of or how esports is becoming a bigger factor and a more inclusive factor because so many people who can't afford to race because of this because you basically have to come with your own money to be able to have a ride uh i racing gives them a way to get in and get recognized without having to have a ridiculous amount of money and then also the host of the of the bbc program jumped in a very high quality motion rig simulator and hilariously overreacted when he ran into <laughs> a wall yeah, that was the funny part of the video, I thought. He's like making a face as he goes off track and then he stuffs it into the wall and he makes it he throws his arms up like he's protecting his face and kind of throws yeah. himself out of the seat. Now I run VR and every once in a while I'll just let the car go into a wall and you definitely feel this I definitely feel uneasy. I don't quite jerk, but it's a it's a it's a visceral experience. Yes. Well, it's cool that they have a, a place for a team, like a racing hub, that they just go to and practice. Yeah, that is pretty cool. I think this is in Great Britain. And, yeah, uh, yeah there's like a, a place, a house, and they go in there, and they have like three rigs literally set up right next to each other. And they're like three feet apart, you know, and they're racing. How cool would that be? And you go go uh, race with your race team, and you just actually go, hey, man. <laughs> How you doing over there? Sitting and that motion rig is pretty cool. It's got like a a projections uh, trip, you know, not triple screen, but a projection screen that's halfway goes around like a half circle. 
Yeah, it's pretty crazy, uh, but uh, pretty neat uh, that the BBC is covering this on their regular sports coverage. Uh, and there's a lot of people that watch the BBC, not just in UK, but worldwide. You gotta love me some Doctor Who. <laughs> Four. Uh, that team was called Velocé. Uh, that was featured on that uh, art, uh, that interview, um, and uh, it was very interesting. All right, Chris, you got the next one. We got a best of video again. Yeah, and this one is um, best of Talladega week. Um, so just a, a few weeks ago, we were at um, Talladega, and iRacing has put together. Uh, it's kind of a similar theme with what their um, um, their top ten videos, kind of that Sports Center top ten look. But this one is just all Talladega highlights from a few weeks back. It's it's really good, man. They're doing an awesome job with these videos. I I guess I'm need to pay, spend more attention to their um, YouTube channel in general because I wouldn't ever catch these if it wasn't for the podcast. I always miss them somehow. They're really really good though. There's one at the 45 second mark. It's uh, the trucks. I swear they're six wide at some point there and uh, not reckon. And that is just amazing to see a big pack of trucks like that. And, you know, that's one of the funnest things in iRacing, too, is to be in the middle of one of those packs. Yeah, and the, you, when you're racing, too, you only see, like, that little bit of the track. You know, you're concentrated on this little bit of your race, but there's other races going on at the same time. And so... You know, this this stuff's probably going on in your race, too, and you just don't see it. So it's always cool when somebody takes the time to put together these videos so you, you can see the racing, because it's actually a lot of it's more entertaining than watching the real thing. Yeah, another one is uh, lucky saves or moves where they miss the big one and they drive through it somehow. <laughs> Those are probably some of my favorites. Yeah, of course, the video quality is high as usual. Of course, iRacing is doing a great job with that. They do seem to miss some of the some of the best ones, like the rocket ship ones we've been seeing lately. For some reason, they don't stick those in there. <laughs> All right, Mason, you're next. Floating pit crew. Yeah, it looks like uh, iRacer Blake Griffith on his Facebook had up a, a picture of his pit crew in the Cup Series floating in the air. They're about, I'd say, three feet off the ground, holding their tires, jacks, all that stuff. You ever got, Have you had this happen to you? No, but it's very interesting. They're actually three feet off of the pit wall, not the ground. That's how you take care of that too many guys over the wall issue. Yeah, <laughs> like Clint Voyer had. Yep. Yeah, if as long as their feet can't be touching the pavement, right. right? I want to know how to get the splitter into the game. The Kevin yeah. Harvick splitter, that is. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Oh, the spoiler? Yeah. Yeah, I want to ah, ma yeah. manufacture yeah, my spoiler. own. That's yeah. what I meant. Spoiler, not splitter. Oh, so yeah, oh, what's... splitter, we wanted that to, uh, whoever invented the thing, we want to go back in time and just, you know, murder his grandpa or something. We don't want any more splitters. Make them go away. What What's interesting about the picture is the pit crew on the left side, which are the rear tire changer and carrier and fuel man, they're at the proper level. They're down on the pit road, on the pit wall with their feet on the wall. The fuelman's actually on the ground. And then it's the front tire changer and carrier that are floating up in the air. It's not so it's not even the whole crew, it's just part of the crew. And they're all still looking back for the car when it's right in front of them. Yeah, something very weird there. I'm not sure how Blake uh, made that work, but 
Okay, Tony Groves, you're next. Uh, most popular driver for peak. Oh, yeah. So um, it was like uh, Matt Boos is uh, trying to create some content for uh, the Enpass Instagram page, and I uh, figured this would be a good idea. So it's a it's a poll. Go vote for your uh, your favorite Enpass driver. Um, they got a list of they got them all there. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, kind of neat to see who uh, you know who comes out on top. Um, I, I casted my vote, and just so I you know, too. voting yeah, voting is anonymous, but uh, yeah. So it's uh, I guess we're we're voting till through November twenty third, and then um, and we'll see the results of who the favorite driver is. Yeah, no prize, but uh, we'll see who's most popular. Uh, so to find that, uh, search in the uh, NASCAR Peak Antifreeze iRacing Series forum or go look in there and you'll find the link to it. Uh, it's a Google forum uh, or a Google form that you have to fill out to vote. So, Okay, Brent McCoy, you're up next. All right. One of our teammates came across, a, uh, which I think is going to be extremely helpful to a lot of people, came across a uh, tutorial and setup guide for Rallycross. Uh, which was found on the um, the iRacing Reddit page. Basically, it's um, iRacing Rallycross tutorials, baseline setups, and basic setup guide from a uh, team who races these pretty consistently. Kevin Carlisle posted this in the forums. Links to the forum is also on the Reddit page. Um, doing this to better the growth of Rallycross, which I think is is needed. I think after the initial release, it's extremely declined, you know, in, in popularity and. Part of my issue why I didn't race it is because I had absolutely no idea how to set up the rally car. And this is going to help me greatly. And I'm hoping we can get some more of the teammates as far as Tifosi Racing involved in this. Yeah, I mean, I love racing that car. And uh, yeah, if you can learn to set it up, maybe that'll help uh, grow the participation, which is lacking. And I think that Pro 2 truck that we uh, talked about you know, as uh, and this becomes a feeder for that. Hopefully, we'll grow the participation as well. All right, Chris Scales. Yeah, I actually missed um, going through this video, Mike. I can I don't know how, and I <laughs> this is actually one I wanted to um, pay more attention to because this uh, is a we long about video. In the chat. Yeah, I made it through about sixteen earlier. minutes of it. Yeah, David, why don't you tell him what it's about? Uh, well, Empty Box went through and did some analysis on several different leagues for both, or not leagues, but several different official races that have high volume, multiple splits. And he was basically trying to determine whether or not the higher split was cleaner than the lower split. Uh, he he, uh, you can, he can go into a lot of details about how he came up with all those methods, but his conclusion was basically that in ovals, the top the the splits are fairly even in incidents with the top split being a little bit less clean and almost have cautions and packed racing but then on the road courses there was actually uh a higher incident rate in the higher splits um he left out multi-class racing which is a whole different monster but his thesis and i pretty much agree with it what's one of the reasons the racing has become so sloppy is because once you get to the higher splits, you really don't worry about safety rating. I, I've had one scare all year. I got um, where I just got a series of bad luck and had to take two races and go all the way back from a one to a three. 
So it's it's just so easy to come back from from a, lot, a hard time. And that's one of the things is people are just not worried about how many incidents they collect. Not me. I yeah, don't at all. I would argue on the roadside that uh, the faster way sometimes is getting the off tracks. So that might drive up that number. Right, if you get a lot He's, off track. He, he mentioned that, and I, th I think he controlled for that, but I... I, I blitzed through it a little bit fast, but I'm sure, pretty sure that he had, he did factor that in as well. And yeah, if, in fact, I said, he said the tracks that he was using uh, did not have places where off tracks were beneficial. Basically, it, it, it wasn't spa. This is a long video, and he does, you know, he goes into the math of it. He actually figures out with Excel and formulas and all this stuff exactly. You know, he has data to back up what he's saying. And so is the top split cleaner in ovals? The answer is yes. In road, it's the answer is no, it's not cleaner. Mm, in, the, in the ovals, it's kind of even across the board. Even, right. I found it interesting that the second time you go back to a track in a season, it didn't necessarily get much better. Well, how many people are actually probably running that track for the first time? Yeah. All right, what's next? Uh, Mason, job opportunities. Yeah, there are about four or five job opportunities with iRacing. They're seeking qualified applicants um, out of their Bedford, Massachusetts office. Uh, web engineer, test engineer, quality assur assurance specialist, senior web engineer, and software engineer slash programmer. They have a link. Um, Alex Gustafson, Gustafson threw it up on the forum. So if you are qualified, check it out. Why do you have to move there? Why can't I be a quality assurance guy from the comfort of my own home? <laughs> well, think about what that is. I mean, that means you're just racing. Yeah, I want to do that for a living. I mean, what else could you be testing besides the sim? So, yeah, that means you're just racing. That's awesome, man. I was thinking about that. That looks like a juicy job. You have to actually what that job is is you have to to load up the beta UI over and over and over, and that's what you're you get to do to all use day. The beta. <laughs> <laughs> Can't use the website. Okay. All right. Well, if you want a job with iRacing, boy, get at it, man. What's neat is they're hiring. Okay, that means they're either growing or they're replacing people they've already budgeted for. Which is good. They're not, you know, it's not going the wrong way. So that's good. It's it's a good thing that they're hiring. All right, what's next? Tony Groves. Well, this would be my one of two favorite times a year, and that is the iRacing Black Friday sales. Um, they got uh, a 30, 30% off when you renew for 12 or 24 months um just so you know the 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 12 month renewal is will be only 77 dollars and if you want to go for the two-year deal that's a 139.30 um and they will have this offer up and up through november 25th so you need a renewal now is the time to do it because this only comes but twice a year and uh yeah um for uh anybody that wants to they got a they got a code use uh p r e a r l y 30 off 12 
or 30 off 24. Um, so that's pre-early, 30 off, and whether you want 12 or 24 month renewal. I did yep. mine today. I did mine I throw today. in some of that too. I'm going to do new mine members, next Friday. Didn't they used to do 50%? Actually, yeah, new members get 50%. Too. Wow. So, so do if, it. You're, if you're listening and you haven't gotten iRacing, invest in the Black Friday sale. It's worth it. Yeah, you're not going to get a better deal than this for a renewal. And um, I checked. My renewal was December 8th. So it was just a couple weeks away or a month away. And uh, I always renew on Black Friday and I always do it for two years at a time. And so I did the 24-month renewal. With tax, it was 144 something dollars. Uh, if you do the math on that, that's six dollars and three cents a month, six bucks a month. So normally it's 13 a month. If you just pay one month at a time, it's 13. And so you can get it for six, guys, if you renew with this uh, Black Friday deal. All right. Uh, don't forget about that. Uh, moving on. Brent McCoy, you're next. Uh, the newest addition to iRacing coming in the December build. This is turning out to be a great build in December. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, the Delara F3 is coming to iRacing in the December build. It is a. It is going to be one of those um, great brand new cars. I think a lot of people are going to get excited about very quickly. Um, and there's a video that iRacing posted up to the forums. I think it dropped at about, what was it 2 o'clock Central Time? Yeah, it should be 3 o'clock Eastern today. It dropped. They dropped a little 40, 45-second premiere video of a car doing donuts, going around the Circuit of the Americas. It's a um, Check it out on their Facebook page, iRacing Facebook page, and in the forums it's on there. So, um, yeah, this is going to be good. Okay, so remind me, somebody, where does this fit in the feeder system? It's like an Indy Lights car, or it's going to be the replacement for Indy Lights, maybe? Uh, yeah, <laughs> so there's a forum post about that, and so it's several pages long, 12 pages of discussion about this car. But There's, uh, there's Formula 3, is what it's called. Um, I'm not sure where from from there, but that's the series, I guess. Yeah. And so I do know the open wheel feeder system is going through some regurgitation right now because Mazda left as title sponsor uh, for the, what's called the Road to Indy. And so it's no longer sponsored and paid for by Mazda. So uh, there is some growing pains. And I, my understanding is this car is part of that ladder system. So. All right, well, check it out. It looks like a, new, a good open-wheel car. I mean, kind of reminds me of the Indy Lights car or something. It doesn't have any kind of hoop or, uh, you know, like you see on the Formula One and the Indy car. All right, let's uh, keep moving. Chris Scales, what's up next? Uh, Esports Network. Yep. 
Sorry, space bar again. Uh, yeah, next is a, a forum post, actually a poll from Drew Ad Adamson, iRacing staff, asking, um, would you enjoy a 24 seven uh, network of content um, like ESPN, NBC, NBC Sports, or Fox Sports One? Uh, so far with 251 votes, 67% uh, say yes, 23% say no, and 11% say maybe. I don't know why anybody would say no. It, it, that sounds awesome. Uh, just iRacing 24-7, no matter what the series. Kind of like what I said earlier, um, uh, this, the e-racing I've seen, for the most part, has been better than a lot of the stuff I'll see in real life. I mean, it, the, the racing's incredible if you ever sit down to watch it and, and not just race it. Yeah. And there was a lot of commentary about, you know, what kind of content would it be? Uh, some people are even saying like podcast like content, you know, where there's people talking about iRacing like we do. And I thought that was interesting that maybe we can get involved in something like that. But uh, yeah, I mean, if they have enough content, why not? But, you know, do, do they have to hire somebody to do that? Or I mean, how would it work? What do you think? I mean, maybe they, uh, you know, obviously they'd have the races that they would normally broadcast would probably be broadcast on that channel or whatever but in the you know in the the rest of the day just also whatever i mean if you don't have anything you know big to broadcast just stick up a random official random race official right yeah i mean that'd be a great thing just to have on your tv and the background while you're working or something you just that'd be that'd be awesome yeah i think you'd have to have a person working on it you know and to make it personable or it's going to get lame if it was like automated or something like that but all right let's keep moving i'm going to pick up these next two uh tofosi racing is looking for a new team members so specifically a social media manager uh we kind of suck at social media and we want somebody who's savvy 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 uh that can uh kind of help the team and the podcast uh you know pick up on our social media skills uh, also, somebody who might be a league manager who's interested in trying to herd cats, uh, which is really what the title is. Um, and, of course, if you have setup skills, that's a major bonus. So if you're interested, let us know. Uh, again, a repeating story about uh, KMA founder Scott Kolovac, who has had open-heart surgery. He did post a uh, update today in Facebook that he's doing very well and he expects to be back early January to work. And so he does have a GoFundMe. They are having a, uh, a promotional race to, to raise money for that GoFundMe at the KMA uh, Racing League. So if you want to get involved, please go to the KMA Racing Facebook page and get information about that uh, race. Uh, also, unfortunately, we also heard that KMA uh, co-administrator Chris Hoeg had a stroke this week and uh, he's doing really bad and he needs prayers his family needs prayers um, and um, he's not doing well and so uh, if you know Chris Hoeg he's a real good guy he's one of the admins over there at KMA and uh, between him and Scott I mean there's a lot of stuff going on and so uh, help those guys out that that charity race is December 1st, so there's still lots of time to get involved here.
All right, let's jump to hardware software. Brent, you're first. This is on the testimony of motion seats, correct? Yeah. All right, I can't even pronounce the individual who posted <laughs> this. I'm, I'm just not going to try. Um, posted about his experience with Sim Experience, the GS 5G seat. It says turning up the... Um, the, I'm assuming he's saying settings, or does he mean seatings? I think settings. I'm assuming yeah. settings to the max is too much for his um for his preference, especially with VR. Just needs the slightest of movement to create the feeling. He's so what I understand is he's he's saying that the settings term to the max is extremely exaggerated, or for him personally, he just can't handle it. It's a neat little review of the GS5, which is a new product that's really not for sale yet. I think they sold it out to some beta testers. And so he has one, and he's telling us how he, what he thinks of it. But, I mean, uh, he did say, one time I forgot to turn the motion on, and I was on the grid, and the race was about to start, so I could not turn it on. That feeling when braking and the rig is standing still and not throwing you forward was a very weird sensation. And so uh, he really got used to it quick and uh, seemed to like it. But that's a neat alternative for motion is to get this GS5 seat and bolt it to a, a stationary rig, you know. Okay, so this post led me to another video of somebody who posted on this forum post about the Pro SimU traction rig and so uh iracer francis sutton who is User probably from your very uh knowledgeable about no, uh, motion rigs has put up a video of his rig and i was drooling guys at the motion that's shown here so he's got a, a dual video uh picture in picture thing uh, it shows his VR setup where he's looking, you know, in the car. But it shows the bottom of his rig and his feet. And if you look carefully, you can see his feet on the pedals. You can see the movement of the cockpit that he's sitting in. But you can also see the traction loss of the actual rig that it's attached to that moves from the left to the right when he has traction loss. And uh, there's that one point of the video where he's like really cranking it around the corners. Uh, I think it's around the four-minute mark. Uh, you can really see that thing moving from left to right, uh, pitching forward and back. And wow, man, this is the, like the ultimate sim rig. I love it. And it looks fairly uh, simple to build. I mean, it's just it's a plywood with casters and some pieces of metal. Yeah, he's got it on a board so he can roll it around, it looks like. Yeah, that looks really cool. Uh, yeah. And so I started looking up this prosimu.com. So P-R-O-S-I-M-U, the letter U, dot com. And so they have a website, and they sell these motion rigs, and they are not cheap. But boy, they got a bunch of different options here, guys. This is cool. I've never even seen this uh, setup before. Yeah, you and I kind of went down the rabbit hole with these uh, motion simulators, looking them up. Yeah, they got D-Box style, okay, which is one of my favorite. That's where you put uh, the little hydraulic thing under each of the four corners of your sim rig, and it moves the whole rig that way. 
Uh, that's 8,490 euros. Uh, and then we stumbled across the pro one. It, look at the one that says products for pro. And uh, holy cow, they got one here that's 49,000 euros. It's called the Motion Simulator T6 6DOF. And DOF means how many ways will it move. And so then I found a video about this 6DOF uh, motion rig that they have. And wow, this thing is like the ultimate. Uh, what do you guys think of this? Everything moves. The monitors, the rig, your, the seat you're in. It's all on a big thing that moves on hydraulics that's kind of covered up under black shades. And there's like a big power unit next to it. And we looked this up and you actually have to have 240 volt power to run this thing. It reminds me of, like, riding a mechanical bull. Yep. So if you have, have 240-volt power, do you have to put it in the bathroom or in the laundry room? Well, it's pretty tall, too. I think you almost have to have a high ceiling, too. Because of, uh, you know, it's got the hydraulics underneath it, then the rig's on top of it. The rig itself, is the cockpit is literally three, four feet off the ground because of the hydraulics that are underneath it that are moving this thing all around. I'm going to tell you what, guys. When I win the Powerball or Mega Millions, this is what I'm buying. There you go. I mean, this is the ultimate rig right there. 49,000 euros. And I think, uh, Mason, you said computer was included and everything, right? Yes, sir. Gosh, I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> and so, anyway, uh, Francis, uh, he's got a a rig from this company, uh, and he's here. I think he's in the Carolinas. He doesn't have the forty nine thousand dollar one, but he's got one of the good ones that has the traction loss, and it's very, very impressive. Okay, let's move on. Chris, you're next. An Italian sim company I found. Yeah, called um, Sim Racing Components. And um, it looks to me like they sell pretty much all AD20 uh, rigs and monitor sports. And, and maybe you can tell me, I don't really see a whole ton of value in these guys. Maybe you saw some I didn't. I know I see that like their cheapest rig is about 300 bucks, which isn't too bad. That's not bad for an eighty twenty rig, but the other ones, I don't, I don't see where all the extra money's come from. It looks like it's just painted, and, and some of the eighty twenty is a little bit thicker. Yeah, I didn't see anything that really jumped out at me, but besides the good quality eighty twenty uh, rigs they're selling, uh, they have them in black, which are kind of nice. You know, you get a different color. But uh, yeah, simracecomponents.com. Yeah, I wonder how much it costs just for the eighty twenty because I know, like I said, three hundred bucks is pretty pretty decent for just a rig. You couldn't build it yourself much cheaper, but it's a, definitely a lot more expensive for like the, the black. But it looks really sharp. But you know, maybe the stuff might just be expensive to just to buy. I guess. Yeah, it's cool to hear about companies in other countries. Yeah, and we got a we got an international listeners too. We got to remember that too. A lot of people in Europe listen to us too, so I kind of try to highlight these because uh, I don't know if we have Italian listeners, but if we do, uh, check it out, guys. Uh, Euro pricing is three hundred and fourteen up to about nine hundred nineteen, depending on which one you pick for those uh, 
80-20 rigs, and they're pretty nice looking. And, you know, it looks like they resell other stuff besides the rigs as well. Okay, David Hall, an IndyCar tub has been found again. Yes, Edgar Tutwiler uh, from Club Indiana. Bought him a tub a few years ago from uh, Simona de Silvestro wreck, I guess from 2011 in Indianapolis. Uh, his wife's fussing him to get rid of it, so he's wanting to try to go ahead and put it to use. And he's basically asking tips on how to tub. Wow. Yeah, he put up a bunch of pictures of it, too, and he's going to turn it into an iRacing rig. And if you scroll down on this forum post, uh, you'll, you'll see a lot of people give him information, including John Keith, who's also from Indiana. And uh, he put up pictures of his uh, IndyCar uh, tub that he's turned into a uh, racing cockpit. And he uses Oculus. He's got SimVibe. He's got an OSW wheel with HE Pro uh, pedals inside a Marlboro tub. It's, it even has the, the bright orange and white Marlboro colors on it. You know, as an older man, I wonder about some of the cockpits and racing rigs because I literally bought a really, really, really fancy office chair so that I could be comfortable for long runs. And so I don't know if I want to sit on a hard shell for three. Yeah. Well, this is a different way to do a cockpit, I mean, or a rig, so to speak, for sure. You know, if you want to make it look a certain way. Okay, let's keep moving. Uh, Mason, what's next? Uh, pedal notch. Yeah, so um, most of us probably have the input calibration um, or the little display in the left-hand corner of your wheel and your pedal um, input and what gear you're in. So that uh, uh, Fred Anderson asked the question, what does the little notch at the top of that pedal input mean? And uh, David Tucker of iRacing replied that the notch only lights up when your pedal hits 100% of travel. It's there to help you see if you're losing range on your pedals, the throttle in particular. Um, he says, imagine that your throttle only goes to 98%. On our little 30 pixel tall graph, you would be unable to tell that it did not hit 100% if we did not add the bar. All right. So, yeah, if you ever knew what that meant, that's, uh, I definitely look at that. I actually put that dead center in my screen, in the middle screen, that little thing that shows the break in the throttle, uh, you know, red and green, because I like to visually see what my feet are doing. I don't know why, but it helps me. They also put down there that uh, they should probably have another bar at the bottom to tell you if the brake is dragging or not. And I know I've had that issue with the Fanatec pedals, the V3, having to recalibrate them because the, pedal, the brake pedal is dragging. All right. Well, good. Hopefully they'll add it. So uh, in the interest of time, I'm going to jump to the final story here. Uh, 2080 Ti card concerns. So if you're in the market to buy a video card and you're going to get a 2080 or a 2080 Ti I would definitely recommend you have second thoughts about that. Uh, there's been a lot of forum posts about it. Uh, the RTX 2080 Ti owners have complained of defects uh, with heating problems. Um, there are 
problems with memory being physically too close to heat sink and that kind of thing and then the the memory is getting too hot and that's and it's causing problems with crashes and blue screen of death and and all this other stuff and so what i've read was if you already have one you might want to think about returning it you need to talk to who you bought it from and that kind of thing now is nvidia gonna you know do a recall they might uh, it hasn't been announced uh, what has been announced is uh, recently they uh, they've updated the drivers, which fixed a lot of the issues. But apparently, uh, that's just recently happened, and we're not certain if that's really going to be a problem, uh, or is it going to fix it completely or not. But boy, if you were buying a card, I definitely wouldn't buy one of these until this is sorted out. But the 1080 Ti stock is almost gone. So you're going to pay more for that. Yeah. And, you know, I just bought one, as you all know, you know, like two weeks ago, three weeks ago. And, uh, you know, I paid 700 bucks for it. And so did I did it at the right time? I might have. Because with the 2080s having a problem and it being public now that there's a problem with them, nobody's going to buy those. So then they're going to buy the 1080s. That's going to drive up the price. I don't even know if they're making the 1080s anymore, and there might be a stock problem, like you said. I went with the 1080, and it's running great for me. I didn't, I didn't jump all the way up to the TI. Yeah, the 1080 TI has blown me away. It's done a really good job. All right, let's jump into results. Uh, Texas, let's finish that off. I ended up with a Thursday fixed, a P6. With nine laps to go, I was running 14th. There were lots of wrecks, and I made it up to six before the caution ended it. It was a great run. I was lapsed down at one point in that race. And that was really one of those, you know, perseverance stays, uh, pays off. Just stay in it, man, because these guys will all wreck out, and you can just collect on the attrition. And that's exactly what happened. And so I got a P6. Uh, Friday open, uh, Tony Rochette got a P7. He was spun. Uh, but had a car use him as a launching pad. Uh, Brent, you did a good job uh, crew chiefing, as what he, Tony said, for that P7. <laughs> yeah, um, hard fought and uh, battled it out for that P7. It was good. Yeah, and you were crewing because you wrecked out early, right? Oh, yeah, brutal, extremely. That was typical for Texas, though, for me. I didn't get a lot of practice in, and it uh, it showed. Yep, and then Saturday morning, you also wrecked out early. Same story, different, you know. Uh, Tony Groves, you wrecked out early, uh, Sunday open. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't even know where I ended up or anything. I actually haven't even <laughs> looked at the results. Um, just a, yeah, got wrecked. I uh, got, I actually got spun out early on. Took a whack of damage probably blew my motor i don't know i i was smoking on my way to pit onto the pit stop and i just kind of had enough i've been it seems to be that's 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 what's been happening um all i'm doing is uh running around the track laps down just trying to you know save a little bit of um eye rating that i can um sunday morning i by that point i just had enough i said forget it and <laughs> went some, found something else to do for the for the remaining time of that but uh I'd like to get into some little better racing. 
thankfully I got the league. Yep, and then Mason, you blew an engine there. Yeah, just set wasn't setup wasn't agreeing with me and hit the wall hard early on, and eventually the engine just gave out. Dang. And then Brent P twenty six out. Yeah, let me tell you that P twenty six though doesn't um doesn't really tell the whole story. I was leading the race a good chunk of it. Sitting P one, we went through a long green flag run. Caution came out, probably a 40, 50 lap run, and I decided to do one of those maneuvers that you see on TV all the time coming off the track, speed up to get to pit road, you know, get on the brakes hard to kind of get that distance between first and second. And as soon as I got on the gas, turned the wheel to the left to enter pit road, it just shot around on me and I went nose first into the wall. Ended up getting about four minutes of damage, got most of that repaired, but still ended up blowing the motor. So it was a lesson learned right there. Ooh, I've done that too, where you just nose it into the wall right as you get a pit entrance. Yeah, and I was extremely yeah. disappointed in myself because I had probably one of the better cars out there. Look, if it was easy, nobody would do it. <laughs> so, yeah, it is hard. All right. Uh, and then, Chris, P15 for you. Yeah, I got, um, during an early caution, uh, the track got kind of blocked up, and I went to go low and had all the room in the world, and a guy just decided to let off his brake and just roll the car right on down the track and got into him. And it, just, it, wasn't, a, it wasn't a particularly clean race. There was quite a bit of attrition so I ended up salvaging a 15th out of it at least yeah i ended up uh, sunday fix p11 i hit the wall a few times but survived uh mason you got p14 yep someone wrecked on the back stretch i hit the brakes and instead of slowing down it went sideways yikes so was that a brake bias problem or uh tires were old too so yeah. both and then Brent, you got P5, clean race car. Yeah, it was good to finally get that clean racing. Finally, yeah. So good run for the top off the week. Let's go to Phoenix, uh, Wednesday fixed. I got a P17. I was P7 on that final restart. The leaders wrecked, and I totally got caught up, got the worst end of it. Uh, I think it was tail end of the lead lap there. Uh, Brent, you ended up with P2. Yeah, started about second to last. Ended up, I knew I had a fast car. I ended up coming through the field and uh, ended up finishing P2 at that last restart. Yep. And then, uh, Chris, P25, you had a 100-lap green flag run. Yeah, it was a it was a good race, a good, clean race. Um, but I, I didn't really think it was going to be that clean, and that was my downfall. I, I stayed out too long on tires while everybody else was pitting, and then I kind of got to the point where I had to stay out and wait for a caution. <laughs> it just it just killed myself, and ended up finishing 25th, about a lap and a half down. Yeah, um, Mason, uh, you had the worst luck of all. Tell us about that. Yep, uh, my Thrustmaster TX wheel broke, getting Yikes. no power to it, so. Old credit card took a hit last night. Ordered the Club, Sco Club Sport V2.5 wheel. All right. Nice upgrade. So, But uh, that affected your Wednesday open race, right? And you finished uh, probably dead last, huh? Oh, yeah. I, I unfortunately wrecked everyone on the, on the second lap Ooh. because the wheel broke. <laughs> yeah. So it wasn't your fault. It was a, truly a hardware failure. Yes. All right. Uh, David Hall, 25th. Yeah, I just suck at Phoenix. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, That's the all set, needs to be I was set, running right? the VRS set, and once the, it, it was wicked loose on the dog leg on the first three or four laps, and I knew that, and still on one of the restarts, I just I just swung it in too hard and spun out in the dog leg. 
All right. And then today we ran open. Uh, Tony Rochette got a P27. He had a wheel glitch uh, that sent him into the wall. And uh, we were actually all in the same split. There was only one split today in NIS. And it was interesting to race with my teammates that I normally don't race with. Uh, but we all suck. And so uh, Tony got a P27. Uh, Brent, you got the best P15. So Chris, you got stuffed in the wall on lap two right at the beginning. Uh, you got P31. I got P24. I DQ'd out. Uh, I spun on my own on the late exit of turn four. Uh, the, the setup was pretty good, but it was loose at the late exit, and I just lost it. I saved it, but somebody got in the back of me, and so I got caught up in a bunch of other crap, too, that uh, was not my fault and ended up DQ'd out. So, blah, with Phoenix. On to Homestead, guys. Yeah, thank good. Thank goodness, I'm ready, ready for the season to be done, and really looking forward to next year. Yep. Yeah, All right, jump. We got to go to final thoughts. Brent McCoy. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Team Tafosi. Congratulations. I'm uh, glad to have David Hall with us and uh, Mason. Can't wait to see what you guys do in the team here, and I'm um, looking forward to the off season. Yeah, season's almost over. Chris Gales, final thought. Yeah, just uh, yeah, kind of sucks that the season's over, almost over. But I'll have plenty of stuff to do in the off season, get ready for next year. All right, very good, David Hall. Final thought. Glad to be here, and I'm not too terribly worried about the season ending. I do a lot of the road racing as well, and I'm gonna try to guys to join me on uh, IMSA for a while. Yeah, maybe so. All right, Mason Stiver. Yep, uh, excited for my new wheel to come in, see how that goes. And I'm also curious to see if all of this stuff iRacing is releasing about the December build is really because we don't have a new tire model. Oh. Ooh, ouch. Stab it in and twist a little bit. <laughs> we got AI coming too, wow. All right, uh, Tony Groves, final thought. Actually, I'm going to throw one in here for uh, for Nathan Stewart. He had to bail on us. He had some errands to run, and uh, they, they just couldn't wait. Um, but he just wanted to, to to thank all of us for having him on. And I wanted to thank him as well for uh, for coming on and, and sharing his story. I thought it was pretty neat. Um, I'd been you know seeing Facebook posts and stuff of him interacting with the community. And, uh, yeah, I thought it was just a real neat story that uh, everyone else would like to hear. Um, as for my final thought, um, well, I haven't done any racing yet this week. Um, I'll probably be racing tomorrow night, probably Sunday as well. So I'll have my share of wrecks for the NIS and, uh, figured I'd throw it a big, uh, you know, pre-warning to, uh, the old bastards. I've never ran Bristol. I've never done one race there. I've put in a few practice laps. So, um, I, I, I got some practicing to do there. I think. Yep. I got the high line at Bristol. It's, you have to drive it in deeper than you think on the top and you think, oh, it'll never stick, but it will. Because that banking is so extreme. All right, my final thought is a shout-out to Jeremy Weber. Okay, so Jeremy Weber, I see you out there, and a shout-out to you. Uh, thank you. And, uh, boy, you know, Phoenix was tough. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to Homestead. And, and the end of the season, uh, my schedule at work might change. I applied for a different job. I might or might not get it. And so we might be changing when the podcast is recorded. I have no idea, but we'll see. Uh, I have a day off at least a, a couple days a week, so we'll figure out when to do it. But um, with that, you know, looking forward to the off season. 
really enjoying the new computer and it's really been working well so uh, real happy with what with what I've done there so with that we'll see you later Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.